guys, what's up? And welcome back to another Coffee Talk. For today, I figured it's been a little while since we've done like a Q&A. I don't think I've done a Q&A in a really long time. And I felt like, you know, with the year winding down, I was collecting a bunch of different things that we could talk about in our Coffee Talks. And one thought that came to mind was, let's just let you guys choose what we're gonna talk about. So I went on Instagram and asked you guys to send in any questions that you might have. And uh, we're gonna go through them today and answer them. Now I haven't looked at any of them prior to, so I might get rambly. I have not pre-planned any of these, but let's jump in. So one question I got is how to be happier in everyday life because it feels like I'm just kind of going through the motions. Okay, I feel like this is relatable. I feel like all of us kind of go through phases in life where we feel like we're kind of just going through the motions. How to be happier, I feel like what that more so sounds like is whenever I find I'm going through the motions, I feel like I'm not tuned into what I'm actually doing. I'm not presently aware. I'm not kind of giving my full undivided attention to my life or I don't want to. Those are usually like the two mindsets that I feel like puts me in the place of going through the motions. So the reason why in those instances you might not be feeling happier is because you're either one, feeling like you're attention is being split somewhere else. So maybe you're doing something, but you wish you were doing something else, or you know, you're know you at work, but you're thinking about something going on in your personal life. It could be a bunch of different things, or it could be that whatever it is that's going on in your day-to-day -day life isn't really captivating you enough that it's pulling your attention. And so you find that you're just kind of like rolling through on autopilot. So there's this book that I'm reading right now, it's called Flow. And one of the ways that it talks about actually getting out of autopilot, how people that do the exact same thing every single day but are some of the happiest people ever, basically what it boils down to is constantly giving yourself like a goal or a little challenge, even in the more like minute things of our day to day that we have to do. For instance, something that I, I tweeted recently saying that I wanted to snap my fingers and have my hair and makeup done. Why? Because listen, I'm a girl and I am the girliest of girls in some ways, but for some reason doing my makeup has never been something that I'm like, yes, can't wait to do this. Unless I'm going somewhere like super, you know, fancy or like I get to really get dolled up. So doing my day-to-day -day makeup is just like, uh, like I don't like to do it, but I do. It's just this weird in between where I'm not necessarily enjoying myself. And so I feel like I'm kind of just going through the motions. So I've kind of taken this whole practice from flow of each time I sit down to do my makeup, I challenge myself to either one, you know, try a new look off of like Pinterest or just get inspo from somewhere and try and recreate it. Or two, if I'm feeling like I just want to kind of do my everyday, then I've been instead going and listening to like little mini condensed audiobooks and trying to learn something before I go into my day. So before the time I'm done my makeup, what is the thing that I've learned or like the mantra that I've got or whatever it is, like a new piece of information to take into my day. And that kind of creates, you know, like a little bit of more me time or it creates more of an incentive and a goal which is then getting my emotions involved, it's getting my inspiration, my motivation involved, and then it's making the whole experience more enjoyable. Now, if you were to take that and then do that to all of the little parts of your day that you feel like you're kind of just going through the motions, let's say you challenge yourself to learn one new person's name every single day, or you challenge yourself to try a different coffee spot if you're someone that works at home and feels like you're getting a little bit of cabin fever. Like, there's so many little ways that we can set new goals and little challenges without actually changing too much of our lives. We don't need a life makeover to be happier. I think that we just need to become more consciously aware and attuned to what actually is the reality of our lives so that we can see all of the little pockets of happy that are kind of sitting there waiting for us. Anyways, that would be my response. 
Um, next question. Somebody asked, is it better to be single or in a relationship? I want to date, but I'm too scared of getting hurt. Okay, that's a very interesting question because I feel like one or the other isn't necessarily better and I think that there's not one universal answer for everybody. I think that we all kind of know in ourselves where we're at most times, right? Like if you take a few minutes to sit and meditate, if you've never done it before, or if you are like someone that regularly meditates, either way, it doesn't matter because as soon as you take any kind of time to sit with yourself and to ask yourself where you're at with life, you're gonna get an answer. And that answer is your gut instinct, that's your intuition. So whether it's better to be a single or in a relationship, I would say that in my experience in life, all of my relationships have taught me so much and I have gotten so many amazing and beautiful and cherished memories out of my relationships and also amazing and beautiful and cherished relationships that taught me about you know what I am looking for in a partner what I'm not looking for in a partner and I think that all of the times I was in relationships I never regretted it or wanted to be single that said when I'm single I do think that you know, the grass can always seem greener. It can always seem better when you're in a relationship to have your freedom of being single. And it can always seem better when you're single to have that companionship of a relationship. My answer to whether or not one or the other is better, I think is going to be different depending on who it is watching. If you're somebody that feels like, you know, you've got everything kind of going in your life and you really are at a place where you're looking for somebody to come in and be your teammate, to be your confidant, to be, that life partner that you take on with you and that you kind of conquer the world with, then I mean, it might be better for you to be in a relationship, but I don't think that we should ever feel like incomplete without someone else. You know what I mean? I think that we need to know how to feel complete on our own while also being okay with leaving space in our lives for other people. That said, is it better to be in a relationship? Well, not necessarily either, because I think that if you're in the wrong relationship, it's better to be single. If you're in the right relationship, it's better to be in a relationship. That's my answer. Okay, so let me rephrase that one more time because I feel like I went a little all over the place on that question. Is it better to be in a relationship or single? I think if you're in the wrong relationship or if you aren't ready for a relationship, it's better to be single. I think that if you are ready for a relationship and you found the right person, it's better to be in a relationship or it's nice to be in a relationship, but you always have the choice and there's nothing wrong with, you know, staying single and waiting until you really find someone that's worth it. Next question. Okay, so the next question is how far do you take believing in your zodiac sign? So this is something that I was actually talking about recently. My stance on horoscopes, zodiacs, astrology, I think that my stance on most things in life actually, most things that can't be scientifically proven, at least yet, would be that you get what you take from anything in life. And that can go from things that are scientifically proven to not, to conspiracy theories, to astrology, to tarot, to spirituality, to even religion, and like all of the things in between. I think that when you believe too much in something, you can sometimes blind yourself. So I believe in just keeping an open mind. And also I think that when it comes to things like astrology and such, I guess to keep a light heart, to keep an open mind and a light heart, because first of all, I think that a lot of the times things can get muddied by people's opinions. And that's just generally because we've all lived different lives. So everybody's going to take in information and they're going to register it differently. And then they're going to use that information in a way that suits them best. And that's why I think that it's kind of a 
chaotically beautiful thing that we all do believe such contrasting things. Like there will be somebody that would say they 100% believe in astrology. There will be somebody that will say that they believe it's bogus. And then I feel like I'm a little drifter in between somewhere along that scale. That's just kind of like, I think it's cool to learn about. And there's things that I identify with in my birth chart. But do I like, you know, make giant life decisions off of it? No. And am I going to let it stop me if I wake up and I'm in a good mood and my horoscope's like, you're going to have a shitty day? No, I'm going to try really hard not to, Um, but that's kind of the mind game. You know, you get what you take. So if you go into astrology or anything under that umbrella and you're going into it looking for a certain answer, you're going to find it. But all you're really kind of doing is playing with your subconscious. All you're really kind of doing is just, you know, reflecting back messages that you're giving yourself. And so when it comes to astrology, yes, is it written by someone else? Is it because that I was born February 28th and that I'm a Pisces and that the time of day put me at a Libra moon that I'm indecisive, dreamy and adaptable by nature? I couldn't tell you. Do I identify with those things? Yes. Are there things within my astrology sign that I don't identify with? A few things, but still it's kind of just for fun. I'm not taking it so seriously that I need to like, you know, kind of border my life with it. That would be my honest, like over encompassing answer on things like astrology and horoscopes and zodiac signs. But I just, I think it's fun. You know, it's nothing like waking up in the morning, making your morning coffee and reading your daily horoscope. There's something, it's like, instead of reading the morning paper, that's what I choose to do. Okay, so I've got a question about how to enforce self-discipline. I think that this is another one that my my idea of self-discipline has expanded and changed over the last little bit because I think that just like anything, if you fall too far into something, it can become unhealthy. And so for where I'm at in life, I believe that self-discipline is obviously needed. We all need to be disciplined enough that we can get through our days and get done the things that we need to get done. But in terms of how to empower it in yourself, from my experience, the times that I felt most disciplined, but in a way that didn't feel like harboring in any kind of way, like I was being like reprimanded if I didn't do something or felt like I had to, was when I was able to basically align my goals with my values and my principles, like the principles I wanna live life through. So if you have a goal that doesn't necessarily line up with your values, it's gonna be really hard to get yourself disciplined to get up and do the habits that feed into the success of that goal. But if you have a goal that does align with your values and it does align with like your higher purpose and the things that you believe in, then self-discipline tends to kind of follow naturally because it's something that you want to be doing. It's something that aligns with who you are. So how do we use that in a way that's a bit more tangible? So let's say you want to wake up earlier in the morning. Your reason for why you want to wake up in the morning needs to align with one of your values, one of your principles, one of the things you're trying to manifest in your life. Otherwise, waking up in the morning is just not, it's not going to have any value to you. And because it has no value, the minute your alarm goes off, you're just going to go back to sleep. Same thing with working out. Same thing with trying to read every day. Same thing with trying to write a book. Like if you want to write a book just solely because you want to say you wrote a book, then that's not going to be enough to actually give you the discipline to write the book. But if you want to write a book because you love the value of 
you know, storytelling and being creative and using your words and sharing your thoughts, then those values get built into that goal. And then showing up for that goal is easy because you're like, this isn't about me trying to prove a point. This is about me expressing myself, or this isn't about me trying to lose weight so that I am, you know, accepted it's about me showing up for myself and being healthy and taking care of my body or this isn't about me making x amount of dollars so that i can push myself into some sort of you know hierarchy of like being rich and and whatever it's about wanting to earn enough that i can live a life comfortably and then also give back and and donate and be charitable in some kind of way you know so i think that depending on what your goal is depending on what you're trying to be self-disciplined in if you can basically align that thing or find a way to connect it to something that you find valuable about life or valuable about yourself or an experience a principle or anything of the sort that you really do cherish naturally and without questioning life then you'll be able to find discipline or at least self-discipline a lot easier. This next question is how can a person gain back their confidence from the zero and learn to love yourself? Okay. I think that confidence is kind of like a muscle and the more you work out that muscle, obviously the stronger it's going to get. So if you feel like you're starting at zero, then the best part about that is it's going to be easy in the beginning to start to flex that muscle and grow it out. But how exactly do you do that? I think that anytime that we show up and do something that makes us feel like we've accomplished something that kind of, you know, forced us to use our unique traits, our unique qualities and show up and basically challenge ourselves. And then we push through it and we get a win on the other side we gain a little bit of confidence even if that win is as small as just waking up on time it could literally be that small it could be tomorrow my only thing that I need to do for me to feel like I had a little win is just to wake up on time and not fall back asleep the minute you do that the minute that you get out of bed and all of a sudden it's like 10 minutes later and you're brushing your teeth and you're like whoa I just did that. I said I was going to do something. I made a promise to myself and then I showed up and I accomplished that promise and it was challenging, but I pushed through those challenges. I feel really good. So that little feeling of I feel really good can then start to grow and that's that muscle. So then the next challenge will be, you know, I want to wake up on time and I would like to meditate for five minutes and then you can always build off of your life and make it a little bit better each day by the smallest incremental steps. And for each time, tiny like incremental step that you take that's a little bit better or that pushes you along your way in growing as an individual and in growing as who you are the unique soul that you are I think that that's when we learn to gain confidence in who we are and we start to feel like we can do whatever it is that we set our minds to whatever it is that we want to accomplish and that is where I believe a lot of our confidence comes from because when you show up in any situation and you feel like you're not it's a mountain that you can't climb that's what's going to make Make you feel small and insecure and the more mountains you stick around that make you feel small and insecure and even if they're mental mountains they could be giant goals or giant standards that you're holding yourself up against these are the mountains that we've officially made it impossible for us to climb and thus we constantly wake up and just kind of go through these routines of feeling like crap about ourselves and all of our confidence gets burned away so i think that when you make the mountain a little smaller make your mountain as small as you need to so that you can climb it and challenge yourself though you you do need your mountain to be a little challenging and then climb that mountain, get down on the other side, see how you feel and then bring your mountain up a little higher, then bring it up a little higher and keep doing that until you find, you know, that sense of confidence in yourself, which will then translate into a sense of confidence of yourself or for yourself. 
or with yourself. Okay, so the next question is, what is your favorite thing about Christmas slash winter? And what are you looking most forward to? So, okay, it, it recently snowed. I'm a little sad because it's super sunny out today. So all the snow is melting away, which is breaking my heart a little bit. Um, but I would definitely say I love the feeling of being at home, like being inside and looking outside and there just being just heaps of snow. That is like the opening of the doorway to allowing myself to become as cozy as humanly possible. So I feel like every time that it's winter or anytime it snows or especially the first snowfall of every year, I feel like it's always just like I've arrived back home to cozy season and it's time to just like jump right in. So that would be my favorite thing about winter. My favorite thing about Christmas is definitely just like everyone just being in a jolly mood. You're getting around everybody that you love. Everybody gets to see each other. Everybody gets to celebrate. And I just love that. I love the just joy, like that warmth of Christmas. And so what am I looking most forward to? I think the fact that I feel like I'm in a very different mental place than I've been in other years around this time of the year. November used to be a month that always kind of not scared me, but I feel like it was a month that always felt really heavy to me. The first person in, in my entire, like growing up, the first death I ever dealt with was of my grandmother on my mom's side and she had passed away in November. And so that kind of threw me off a little bit when I was younger. It threw me off a lot, but I just mean like it kind of already set a tone for November. And then when my papa died, he ended up dying the exact same day a few years later. So that also added into like the gloominess of November. And then just, you know, it's after Halloween and all of these things started to build into this thing that kind of like created this weird anxiety slash like depression state or trigger that November always seemed to bring to me in other years. And this year I don't feel that anymore. And I think that it's because I've, I've done a lot of like mental work on myself in the last year, but also too, I have started to really grow to appreciate the things that come with winter and accept a lot of things that come with winter and like make the most out of Christmas and winter. So I think this year I'm excited about a lot of the very simple things because I've always been so afraid of this time of year. So this year I'm literally just excited for, for Christmas. I was way too excited about the first snowfall. Like I got, like, I don't know what happened, but it made my soul literally sparkle. I was, I think I had like six cups of coffee yesterday solely just because I wanted to be drinking warm things. A couple of them were decaf, don't worry about it. But I was literally just like, every hour on the hour I'd look outside and I would feel a warm fuzz come over me and I would want to drink that warm fuzz and just be in fuzzy socks. And it just put me in the best mood. I feel like it's just truly the little things of winter and Christmas this year that I'm most excited about. I'm also thinking about trying to take Benny on a little Christmas trip before Christmas this year. So another little thing to maybe look forward to if I can make it happen. This is a good question. Okay. I always want to go say your guys' names, but I understand that some of these might be, um, I kind of did this so you guys could stay anonymous. So excuse me. Uh, what do you do when you feel unconnected to your spirit? Another great question. It's a great question because again, I feel like this year I felt like I was going through big phases of being super connected to my spirit and big phases where I felt unconnected to it. During the times where I don't feel necessarily connected to my spirit, 
what that means or what that feels like to me is I just feel off center in my body. I feel it in my mind. I feel it in my emotions. I feel it in my energy. And I just feel like everything's kind of at conflict with itself. For instance, like, you know, the energy that I have for the day might be at conflict with how mentally tired I feel, which might be in conflict with, you know, my sense of like my intuition and, and my sense of inner guidance. It might just all kind of feel off. And those times aren't easy to kind of deal with because I think that for one, especially if you aren't really noticing that that's happening, then you kind of just feel like you're being pulled a million different ways or being pulled through like the ringer and that life's kind of just like throwing you curveballs every two seconds. So I would definitely say the first thing is I try to be aware of it. I try and acknowledge it. I try and see it for what it is and just be like, okay, this isn't how, like this doesn't feel good or for whatever reason I feel off. And the minute that I'm able to acknowledge it, I feel like that helps a little bit because even if I can't change what's happening or I can't change the feeling, I can sit back a little bit into that, you know, we can always kind of come back up here. We can always come back to a objective view on life. No one can ever take that away from you. And that is something you can have every time you meditate, every time you just need a safe place in the day, or if you're going through a rough time in your life in general, I think that there's always gonna be a mental place that you can go in your mind that is like a happy place or an objective place to look at your life. And so even during the times that I feel most disconnected and more just off, like not myself than usual, I think that the minute I can see it and the minute I can catch that that's happening, I try and spend more time in that objective place of this will eventually all tie into something or you know, you can't stay here, it won't feel like this for long and instead just kind of try and ride it out and consciously stay aware of the fact that that's just where I'm at and be a little bit more patient with myself, be a little bit more compassionate, which actually in turn I find during those times I'm more easily patient and compassionate with other people. So there are little pros to the times that I feel like I'm out of balance and not connected. Whenever we aren't fully you know, in the flow, I guess you might say, we're being constantly shown a lot of a lot of mirrors, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that we need to kind of work through and grow through and it can be tiring and it can be hard and it can weigh on you if, if you let it. But I think that also if you really sit back and watch yourself, if you really sit back and take in how much better you handle with a situation that you would have handled way differently or way worse prior to, you can start to catch those behaviors and those waves of feeling off center earlier and kind of lean back into it and lean in to feeling centered again by basically accepting that you aren't centered. Does that make sense? That was kind of like a, a mind skew, if you will, but I feel like that would be the best way Whenever I'm feeling off center, I feel like just becoming aware of it and then trying to just kind of sit back, be patient, be kind, and uh, yeah, just kind of wait it out a little bit and things will eventually start to flow back into a more calm-like state with a good life lesson to take with you. Okay, so I'm gonna end on this question because I have a very honest answer to it and I feel like it might be, I don't know, I just feel like we've been talking for a while, so we'll end on this one. Do you ever get lonely? So. I also want to answer this because I feel like we're going into hermit season and I say that as a very proud hermit. I love winter because I feel like it's the perfect time to kind of pull away from the world a little bit, you know, and take stock and come inwards and work on ourselves and that's kind of always been, or at least 
felt natural to me during winter seasons. And one thing that I think is different again this year, as opposed to other years, is that I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of like mental work on myself this year because there are limiting behaviors that I think used to hold me back even when I had the best of intentions. And one of them was definitely hermiting. Like I felt like I always kind of isolated myself away from people and told myself that that sense of independence and that sense of not needing anybody was like a strength of mine when it took like a good long year of working that not out i found out that it's actually one of my biggest weaknesses because yeah i do get lonely i feel like anyone that is or might relate to i feel like i identify okay fuck i am all over the place my kelly i'm so sorry you have to edit this let's cut to this. I tend to identify with being a bit more of an introvert than an extrovert. Can I be extroverted in situations, in social situations? Absolutely. I feel like I love interacting with other people and I love kind of challenging myself to get to know somebody. I love that. I feel like it really helps my brain expand and grow. But by nature, I prefer to be alone and that is something that I just kind of that's just kind of who I am I love spending time listening to music I like creating things I love to read I love to cook I love to do a lot of things in my own company just kind of in my own headspace and so for the longest time I used to not let myself believe that I needed anything other than that because that then I would be admitting that I was lonely or that that headspace wasn't a happy place for me but it's instead I think a balance and so do I ever get lonely absolutely I think that all of us need other humans. We need communication. We need connection. We need human interdependence in order to, I think, really live a fulfilled life and in order to kind of, you know, give away a lot of the things that we are doing and learning and loving. And I think that that is such an important thing to be okay with, but also an important thing to learn how to balance because I think that whether you spend way too much time with other people or way too much time by yourself, first of all, there's no actual scale of that that anyone can really give you because it all comes again from like the individual and who you are as a person. But I think when you know you're spending too much time alone, which is pretty much the case that I've been in before in my life, it's when, um, you know, spending that time in my own headspace and like the cooking and the cleaning and the all that and the reading and the kind of going for walks with Bentley starts to feel a little less joyful and it starts to feel a little bit more like cabin fever like i'm kind of feeling a little too constricted in my life that's usually a sign now for me like oh hey it might be time to kind of you know get out in the world a little bit more i think that we're often shown the examples of you know be surrounded by a bunch of people all the time like living the best life like doing the most never by yourself or if you are like someone that tends to spend a lot of time by yourself, it's always the person that's like the hustler, the grinder, the person that's like waking up at 5 a.m. every day to go to their workout, to go do this, to go to that. And I think that those two lifestyles are, are kind of at the forefront right now, at least on from my experience is what I'm seeing a lot of. And so I think that there needs to be a voice made for those of us, all of us in the in-between of those two things where it's like sometimes you want to be surrounded by a bunch of people and sometimes you want to be by yourself hustling and grinding it out and then sometimes too you just want to be in that in-between spot where maybe you're not hustling but you are enjoying your time alone or you're not surrounded by a thousand friends you're surrounded by one or two really good people and company and I think that that 
in between is more often where we should or where we do spend most of our time. It's just not feeling guilty or feeling like you're missing out on this or feeling like you should be doing that, you know? I don't know if anyone else will relate to that. I just feel like that's kind of like a big lesson I've learned in 2019 is that it's okay to love your alone time and it's okay to be on your own. There's nothing wrong with it. You're not missing anything in your life. You're not half full because you don't have someone else with you all the time. At the exact same time, it is okay to then also need other people. It is okay to then also let other people in and to communicate with other people, connect with other people and stay, you know, a big part of society while also staying a big part of yourself or staying yourself. And so that answer I know was not really necessarily the question of do you ever get lonely? The answer to that is absolutely. I think we all get lonely at times. So especially now that we're heading into the winter season, just just don't don't leave yourself lonely, you know? Keep plans going with friends, but also enjoy the fact that we are officially entering a good little hermit season. It's okay to kind of cozy on up inside of yourself and in your soul for a few months, maybe, as long as you're still staying on the map with other people. And thus, I think that that's like the healthy balance of not getting lonely, at least in my opinion. So there you guys have it. That is this week's coffee talk. I hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to follow my socials if you guys do want to get in on the next Q&A. I feel like this was a really interesting like thought starter way for me to one, know what you guys want to talk about, but also two, to answer a lot of different, you know, varieties of questions in one segment. So be sure you guys stick around, turn on the notification bell and check back next Monday for the next coffee talk. And aside from that, I'll talk to you all of you guys then. Bye guys.